Hello. Hey. Can you hear me? Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah. I, I, I guess Rob isn't there yet. Wow, this is a weird interface. Yeah, I got They just a... updated this. Huh. Albazar. Together mode? What is that? I don't know. They're always messing with this thing. I can raise my hand. I raised my hand. What is this? Oh, yeah, this? That's, like, that's like a Microsoft Teams thing. You can do... Reactions this is so weird though. Like, so when he does come on, is it is he gonna just be added, or is he? Do I have to add him? Because uh, it says he's there. I mean, I added him to the call. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Hmm. I guess we'll I find out. I think he out. can probably. Yeah, I think he can probably just add himself because. Um, as long as he's invited. Before like it actually rang for me. Yeah, I, I, I forced the ring. It says, do you want a ring? And I'm like, yeah, I want a ring. This is different. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, I, now I see him. Rob? I had the option to join. <laughs> Look at how handsome I am, too. Yeah. That, that, that actually looks like we went to the same photographer at that age. I think everyone did. I think he traveled the entire country. You're a little scratchy, my friend. Uh, yeah. Can you plug in and plug out? or? Oh, goodness. All right, I will try. Yeah. yeah. He sounds a little... Did he sound bad to you? Yes. Yeah. That you're, was kind of rough. You're crystal clear. I'm crystal Pepsi. That's right. I don't think I've ever Crystal. tried that, and I'm a Pepsi is fan. Is this better? Worse, yes. The same? No, it's much better. Much what, better. What did you do? All right. I just unplugged it out of one and plugged it into a different one. Oh yeah. Keep keep it oh, in you that. Were using keep the it right. keep it in that one. Yeah, well, you know what's funny is your kids <clears> play <throat> the video the games in that, that one. That happened. Uh, yeah. The last time this happened, I I I switched, and I've been using that new one ever since until. And then today you said it was the, the new one was scratchy, so I put it back into the old one. Well, there you go. Who knows? I saw your victory dance. You're going to work from home until, like, the time I retire. This is insane. Mm -hmm. I can't believe that it actually happened. Well, COVID is actually pretty get it climbing back up, so I could see them doing it. It's, <coughs> it's, I, I, <clears throat> at this point, I don't, it's not really even COVID. It's just... All of the members, uh, you know, all the company, all the associates in, in the company, they all wanted it. And they made sure the un their union knew that yeah. that's what they wanted. They were negotiating. Well, they could possibly, contract. behind the scenes, look at start closing down buildings. <laughs> and that's the thing. The company was. And, and, and they're like, holy crap, we can save this much money. Yes. Yeah. And and we're the using were, those Yahoo's uh, lights and internet, so <laughs> that's just it. The results were pretty much like they they didn't suffer in results, so they're like, okay, we're not going to lose out because you know for results or not being able to have these people right in the in an office. 
Yeah. And like you said, yeah, they're going to, they're, I mean, they're probably going <clears> to <throat> sell buildings and just lease floors that they actually need from those buildings instead of having to maintain them and pay taxes and mm-hmm. everything else, you know, it's probably save a ton of money. The only thing I think it would hurt them is like tax write-offs maybe. Could, yeah, it could be. Yeah. But yeah, I was pretty, pretty pumped. <clears throat> Sounded like things were going to go in that direction, but in case, in, in, until you actually hear something official, you never know. Yeah. And uh, we finally got that on the first, so. Well, that's yeah. good news so for you. 2026 at least. Yeah. I hope to be retired by then. I hope. I, I definitely won't be. <laughs> I sure won't be. Mm-hmm. Four years. I might be doing something else. I might be working something else just so I could pay for my storage lockers. But <laughs> <clears throat> You'll take over for Ed. Yeah, I was like, I just got a raise, and I'm like, thank God. It's because the storage lockers keep raising their prices. Oh, so like it's everything, like, right? Yeah. Yep. So how have you guys been? Chris, we haven't heard from you in, like, it seems like a decade. I, I think Obama was president last time that we heard from Chris. Yeah. A lot it's... has happened since we've heard from you, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, – I don't even know where to go with that. It's too painful. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's been a while. It hasn't I know you had a, good, person, but... a couple of personal things and then, uh, and then maybe some summertime activities. Yeah, yeah, but a combination <clears throat> of both, which, you know, it'll continue to kind of – Still in the midst of it, but it worked out this weekend. So, but yeah, I got some projects going on. In addition to just the usual, like, summer activities, I have some projects just helping out my family with some stuff going on. Yeah. Mostly on the weekends, so. Yeah. Physical labor? (laughs) Somewhat, yeah, working, um getting like cleaning up clearing out a house and stuff yeah so yeah i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to start hiring somebody to mow my grass not that i can't physically do it but it really messes up my breathing like bad allergies i don't know it's all that dust or whatever that gets into Uh my lungs like yeah yeah, probably allergies I I get knocked out like I I mowed yesterday because I knew today I had a podcast and I knew every time I mow my breathing gets a little shallow so I I get sleepy like I just go I just like zone out so I knew I had a podcast tonight so I was like I better mow and it was hot (laughs) it was like in the 90s so it was like yeah I I saw your thing about the heat stroke yeah so I was just glad to get it done. But I, I like well, physical stuff because I never get to to do physical stuff. It's all on the d- damn computer. Now, it is tough, obviously, especially in very hot weather, like you said. <clears throat> but I started what I started doing a couple of years ago, I wear my, like, one of our cloth masks when I mow the lawn because my allergies just kick the crap out of me. And it keeps me from suffering any problems with my allergies. 
Yeah. It looked like, I mean, at this point, Barb, it looks like Barb a, was, I look like a psychopath because I'm was, all by myself yeah. with a mask on. But yeah, I have my uh, my handkerchief on my head and then a mask. But I don't I don't wear the mask because I get too hot. Like that's the thing. It, it's it, it's like I benefit in one area but suffer in another. So I. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's true and. It, you know, when you're doing that physical labor, you're just breathing heavy. Yeah. And I deal with it because, you know, I, I don't have asthma or anything like that. So it's, you know, I'm sure it's a lot easier for me to deal with yeah. than it would be you. But, um, but yeah, I, I've been wearing a mask. All the, I just trimmed all of, our, all of our hedges and stuff yesterday. It took uh, quite a while. But, yeah, I had the mask on. I was so happy because as I'm trimming those, like, it was windy and, like, all this dust and pollen, pollen and everything blowing, just yeah. right on my face yeah yep sucks getting old <laughs> but Indeed. we have like those bird feeders and i think i think those bird feeders are causing like certain plants to grow where the grass oh, used sure. to be yeah. where the grass mm -hmm. used to be because the seed like will go into the dirt wow. and then grow like a certain weed Yep. And I, I think those weeds, like when I cut into them, I think it like, it makes me harder to breathe. Releases stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely could be. Yeah, it's been so dry here. It's been a little while since uh, the grass is needed cut. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, I think I finally have to mow my front lawn, but it's like, like you said, Chris, it's like in, in the, I mean, back in May and even June, it's like if you waited two days, it, it could mean like a difference between taking, you know, like doubling the time to, to mow the lawn. But now it's like I, I figured when I was looking yesterday, I'm like, oh, I'll probably just mow on like Monday night and it'll be fine because it's literally not growing. It's so dry. And you don't have sprinklers or what? No, I'm, yeah. I love it when it's dry. I'm like, yeah, kill all the grass. Then I don't have to mow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, we have yeah, sprinklers, have... so it's going to grow regardless. <laughs> I don't have enough invested in the appearance of the lawn to to do sprinklers or anything like that. And where we are, it always comes back. It's like you're yeah. never going to have just like a bare lawn. It, it, as soon as it rains a couple times, it's just going to green back up in our area anyhow. Yeah, that's part of it too. Uh, yeah. You went to a convention recently, didn't you, Rob? Um, yeah, it was the beginning of June. Yeah. So the Niagara Falls Comic Con. Uh, it, we had the tickets from 2020. Um, oh, so you had already pre-bought them and they just honored them this year or what? Exactly, yep. <clears throat> so it was okay. I mean, I, it seemed like it was one of those things. It's like, okay, we're gonna, you know, we finally can have it. Who's available and... I mean, they only had a handful of artists where normally they have probably twice as many. Um, even, even it was packed. It was packed, but um, there wasn't a, a, as much as we like to necessarily look well, at. The, the, the picture that you took, though, looked like it was more packed than Heroes because I saw. It was I, packed. I saw I saw aisles, you know, pick people taking pictures at Heroes and it looked pretty empty. I mean, it it looked like there was a lot of vendors there and, and like, Artist Alley stuff, but it just looked like there wasn't a lot of congestion. But Heroes is pretty big, and if they didn't, like, 
move into a smaller space and it could have just been a big difference because of the how big the area is right yeah no it I, was, definitely... I was listening to 11 o'clock comics and the and uh david and and uh, uh jason got the covid from there <laughs> oh really yeah i mean it's <clears throat> it's pretty like i've never seen it so i've never point. seen it so prominent it's like we went years at our company with just spots of covid yep uh, where I work, I, I shouldn't speak for the whole, the whole area, but where I work, and then all of a sudden now it's like, there's three or four people infected a week. <laughs> and Barb was reading me an article that was telling me that they used to say you had like a 90 day window after you got yes, it, like you, you wouldn't read get that it. Too. I did too. Yeah, now they don't. Like there, nope, there's people like weeks later. There's weeks people later. that are getting it again. And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's just bypassing any vaccine, yeah. immunity buildup. It's just giving you, again, the only, you know, difference is, is that it's milder. Yeah. So especially if you had it before or if you've had the vaccine, it's milder. You're probably not going to have to, you know, be hospitalized or anything. You'll just be sick. Mm -hmm. But yeah, over and over again. Um, I'm we're seeing you know a lot of the same. As a matter of fact, I started not feeling very well um, yesterday, and I uh, I took my very first COVID test uh, last night. Took another one this morning because I feel worse today. But no, I don't. I don't have it. Take one tomorrow. I didn't. I tested negative, negative. I thought about two and two, two in a row. Yeah. <laughs> but still, you know, like, you're. I remember Mike took a couple. So still you're tough you're toughing it out because uh you're here you showed up. I don't feel really sick. I just feel like run down, you know. Yeah. If it could be all that somewhere, I probably you. wouldn't want to go out, but um just uh sit at the desk and podcast, I can do that. Yeah. Well, when I was when I had it, I didn't want to podcast. I canceled no, a couple. No. Yeah, of them. you had it. All. I was like, yeah. ah, I don't want to. I was too lazy, and I didn't want to do anything. <laughs> I just wanted to watch mindless TV. <laughs> I think I watched. I, I think I watched Gator Bait that that week. <laughs> My God, I think you. I think I remember you posting that. Yeah, I always wanted to watch that. I was even <laughs> telling Barb. I remember the cover of that at the video. The back when they had video stores. Uh. And I was living at home. I remember seeing that and say, I want to watch Gator Bait. <laughs> so what else is new with you guys? It has been it has been a while. It's been a few weeks even since Mike that we've done because it seems like every Sunday that it's our turn, I, I had uh, an event to have to go to. Yeah, yeah. I I don't. I I've been I we haven't gone anywhere. We we got a couple of things coming up in August and then another wedding in September. So I'll be taking some weekends off, but other than that, I don't think we have anything big. No. Well, I I might go to the local convention here, but my hopes aren't very high because um it's mostly celebrities like if I wanted to go see a bunch of Cobra Kai guys and Walking Dead and Star Wars, I'd I'd be stoked. But 
I, I'm more for the comics. Yeah. Always when we went been. to Niagara Falls, I got one old Flash comic, and then I got a bunch of dollar comics, and they had a whole box of, like, Sergeant Rocks that were, and these are all Canadian prices, too, $3 Canadian, which is, you know, what, like, two, just over $2 in American. So I got a bunch of those, but that was it. That, that was yeah, it. That's, we were only well, that's good. Hour. I mean, anytime you run across war comics, that's kind of it's odd. Yeah, it's kind of rare. Yeah, yeah for sure. I almost have my first uh, first volume of Silver Surfer complete. I only need oh, uh, I number fourteen number now. I love that number four cover. And then my Marvel team up. I'm about five issues away, so. Nice. Then I'll have that complete. But other yeah, than that, I've yeah. been just getting a bunch of cheap stuff. Like I went to the flea market. And they had a 50 cent box, and uh, I bought a bunch of stuff there. Like what kind of things did you get? Uh, a bunch of uh, comics, get Greatest Worlds, and image titles that that weren't popular. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> stuff like that. We we've been uh, to flea markets too, and if I see any any comics, I'll I'll look. And yeah, I did the same maybe last month got a bunch of dollar ones they were almost all uh like you said image yeah everything i'm covering today is from that 50 cent it's 50 cent box yeah but i like going there um because there's there's like an indoor it's an outdoor flea market but then there's an indoor area and inside that indoor area they have like a couple of people selling comics that are just dedicated to comics and that kind of stuff. And you could, you could find, it's almost like going to like a mini con, you know, you could yeah. find what. Yeah. We used to have that at a, at a couple places um, here as well. Um, there was one guy at, uh, like you said, it's primarily outdoors, but they had indoor buildings as well. And I mean, he just had a, you had a comic store basically right there, you know? Yeah. And that's actually when I was a teenager where I filled all of like my, um, I'd say 94 and up, uh, for X-Men, like, you know, uh-huh. all like the one threes, the one twenties, the one four, like I got all those issues right there from, from him. Um, cause he was there every single weekend Yeah. and got a ton of stuff back in years ago, but since then he's passed on and, now, pretty much all the flea markets are hit and miss if they're going to have comics, which is a yeah. shame. It so. is, but it's nice to have a good deal to find yeah. a cheap box, yeah. Yeah, especially a 50, 50 cent box. That's like yeah. heaven. Now it's a dollar, three dollar box. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you got to weigh like what you're getting in in terms of like. When we went to the last one, they had a, a guy that came. I mean, he had, he must have had 20 or 30 long boxes of comics. They were $2 each, <clears throat> but they were either stuff I already had or stuff so like, I, I, I couldn't justify, if they were a dollar each, I probably would have bought a few, but for $2 each, they just, it just wasn't worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Things were really, really just either. I mean, they were like dollar comics, basically, that you could find anywhere else, you know, if you found a dollar comic bin. 
but he was selling them for two dollars, so I just skipped it. Still fun to look through. Yeah, it's weird though. Some of those things that are two bucks are worth fourteen bucks now. It all depends. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, there's so many modern stuff that have gone up in price. It, it if like if you look at like what's hot, most of it's like modern stuff, because people don't want to buy a lot of the older stuff. And I was like poking around, like trying to find podcasts. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of different flavors of podcasts. There's themed podcasts, which I I I I am too short attention span to stay on target. In other words, what do you mean if, like theme? Well, like uh, I'm gonna do the Spectre, you know, and I'm just gonna go through the entire run. I oh okay. Yeah. I can't I can't do that. <laughs> I I need because I'm a mood person. Like I can't I can't stay focused. I can't do that so i have to rule those out and then there's there's so many people are doing like the youtube thing like and those podcasts are hit or miss because they have all kinds of visual discussion and it's like why am i listening to the audio so i throw those out and then for some reason i just i can't get into interview podcasts i mean (laughs) once in a blue moon that i can listen to an interview and uh, so, like, I have to – I've been trying a bunch of stuff, um, just poking around. And I, I kind of found one I one I liked. And the reason I'm poking around is because everybody's on summer vacation and not podcasting or they're pod fading. In other words, a couple of them say we'll go to monthly. And usually that's a, a downside. Like, when they say that, that usually means they're going yeah. away. Um, once they become sporadic because the 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 thing about podcasting is once you realize oh i can not have to show up (laughs) well well it's it no i'm I'm being serious you think of all the stuff that you do like you can do instead like take care of this in the yard do this at the house you're like wow that's beneficial or read a ton shit of comics like instead of podcast so it's like a lot of people you know, pod fade. But you um, know what helps with that is, and, and of course it depends on, uh, you know, how excited you are to, to do it in the first place. But like just the chance to um, every every other week or every few weeks to talk to you and Chris. Yeah, to talk like, about pod. Yeah, because that. you need to vent. You need to like say you need to vent what you read. <laughs> in other words, yeah. share it. Yeah. 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 That's well, why that's I. Funny. That's most of what I do it for. That's the only reason I still do this is to talk to you guys. I don't yeah. really, you know, it doesn't matter to me if I share what I read or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I just, it's just nice to talk to you to guys. To touch base, yeah. 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 Especially because it's not, I, I, I think when we met, it was more friendship than it was oh let's start a podcast you know we were already kind of doing it via forums or whatever yeah um social media so it just made sense yeah to... most of, most of socializing i do is with family and stuff so yeah it must be nice though to have family close i wish i kind of wish now that i'm getting older i almost want to navigate south <laughs> Yeah. 
<clears throat> I wish I would. I wish I could um, have done it when my dad was younger because he he's like uh, he does like odds and end jobs for people. Now he's not doing it so much anymore because he's older. But I would have liked to do that, like physical labor, paint a house, or do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would have loved to to help my dad do that, but I think I I passed the the boundary on that. He's just not doing as much of it. Yeah. But um, yeah, in my <clears throat> go I ahead. I was gonna say in my twenties, uh, in my twenties for a little while, I painted houses as my job, and I just kind of did it out of necessity. Um, but I ended up liking it a lot. I didn't, I didn't think I would like it as much as I did, and if it was, you know, if circumstances were different, it was. A little easier to advance and and make more money at it without starting my own company or something like that you know i it was you know it's like you're on your feet all day but then you know you feel like you got enough exercise and stuff just walking around all day most days you know yeah that's kind of like what i wanted to do because <laughs> i i actually like physical labor i don't like it so much anymore because my body starts hurting easier but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's just an uh, old age uh yeah. kicking in but uh i think I, I i would like to do that a lot more physical stuff it, no, it seems like it's more rewarding because it's like yeah there, there's cool stuff and seeing how your program works and electronics and all that stuff but to actually physically see like oh the house you added this extension that that's pretty cool um it's rewarding well, in itself come, i could come home and sit in front of the computer because i wasn't on the computer all day already, <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. yeah very true yep well uh i'll, I'll, I'll kick this one off because i was talking about the flea market i uh i almost co i did complete my barbed wire run um so comics greatest worlds was a uh an imprint of Dark Horse, and it decided, well, instead of just superhero theme, I'm going to make it city-themed, and each city is going to have its own heroes. And uh, at, at this time, in the 90s, Dark Horse was sort of uh, uh, prevalent in movies. They had uh, Time Cop coming out. They had Mask, um, Barbed Wire had its own movie with Pamela Anderson and they were making more progress in some areas than DC and Marvel, like in, in multimedia. Plus they had the aliens and predator franchises and Terminator. So they were, you know, their properties were seen in comics and in multimedia, but, uh, barbed wire was in steel Harbor. Um, there, there's two cities that are sort of like uh, uh, similar to Gotham and Hub City, Steel Harbor, and um, there was uh, Arcadia. That's where X hangs out. Arcadia is worse. <clears throat> Arcadia is kind of like where the question is, where Hub City, there there wasn't a lot of right and wrong or police activities. All the police were corrupt. Every, the politicians were corrupt. That's kind of like Arcadia. Still harbors 
sort of the same way, but it, it, there seems to be a little more police policing and control. And barbed wire is kind of like a bar uh, a bounty hunter. She's like Dog the Bounty Hunter. She gets paid to go bring in people. And uh, this opens up with somebody that has a bounty on their head because they skip bail, bail bondsman. And uh, this guy is shooting up a house, so the police are there to arrest him. And he's like, um, why can't you guys shoot up? Why can't a guy shoot up his own house if he wants to? And the guy, the police guys, well, for starters, it isn't your house. <laughs> so... He's he's like shooting up <laughs> shoot, shooting up his own house, and then barbed wire comes to collect the bounty, and she makes a deal with the uh, the the I guess this guy is the commissioner, the police commissioner. Hey, uh, I'll I'll stay off and not get anything if you sign the paperwork when you arrest him, and they they agree to that. So she's not gonna go jump the the wall and go into the building that this guy's holding up. But before anything happens, the phone rings and uh, these wires come out of the phone and strangle the guy and knock him out. Well, the thing I don't remember about barbed wire is, well, actually, this is barbed wire number four. I forgot to mention it. But, uh, and, and it's by Jarn Arcudi and uh, Dan Lawless. So uh, the thing I didn't know is how prevalent the machine was. So, like... In Arcadia, they had the machine and barbed wire, and I can't remember the other ones. They were in Still Harbor, but Arcadia had Pet Bull. Arcadia had the best. It had X, which is probably the most visually appealing uh, of the line. And Ghost. Ghost is the other probably more oh, yeah, successful like one. Yeah, yeah, sure. She, she uh, is also in Arcadia, and they had uh, some... Mon the monster who, who was there in the pet bulls the still harbor I, I don't remember all the characters in there but the machine was one of them and he's he's like a cyborg um that is more cyborg now than he was like as time goes to the right he becomes more machine than he is human so he's starting to lose his humanity but he took this guy out just through the phone wires and uh that was pretty cool. And he actually is located at uh, Barbed Wire's... She owns a bar. So he lives in the upstairs room uh, in that same uh, building as the bar. And they have like a computer guy that actually helps Barbed Wire that lives there too. But um, there's this uh, guy um, who has a bunch of... You, you don't they look like guys in suits and you'd think they were uh i don't know like g-men but it turns out that they're cyborgs and this guy here is uh trying to catch the machine because the machine was his experiment and uh he wants to reclaim his experiment but uh they have some cool ads they have catalyst agents of chance that was another uh Comics Greatest Worlds, The Mask Returns. And uh, the father comes to the bar, meets with Bob Wire, and he hands her a picture. And he's like, I'm trying to find my son. And uh, Barb Wire immediately recognizes the photo. And she knows that the son he's looking for is the machine. So he's looking for his son that's the machine. Meanwhile, there's 
a van parked outside that followed the father to the bar so they know that they're also after the machine and um, this guy here rents a, a, a building um, from some guy that lives in Still Harbor who owns a barber shop and uh, puts his uh, cyborgs in there so he can attack later on um, the other thing about comics greatest worlds in the center of the comic book they had uh, all the comics that were part of the the checklist so they had like X uh, division 13 out of the vortex barbed wire catalyst agents of change uh, the ghost hero zero one shot special and then they had that weekly uh, event called will to power that uh, I think it was a dollar I think it I don't remember but it was a weekly event where everything was crossing over with each other and while that was going on a lot of the titles skipped a month uh for will to power to come to fruition but um this machine realizes that he's his father but he has no uh personal thing anymore because he's becoming more machine and he tells barbed wire that he doesn't want to go see his father and uh they uh that guy that has the cyborgs paid some thugs to go into the bar and uh start bullying barbed wire and they try but <laughs> she pretty much kicks their asses in the bar and throws them out with the machine and that at the cliffhanger of this um you have that one scientist with his uh cyborgs out there to try to claim the machine and uh that's how it ends on a cliffhanger but this was uh number four and uh this is part one of two in the uh a mini within its own title called the ghost in the machine but it was really good i i really liked it um matter of fact i i want to watch the pamela anderson movie again <laughs> and uh i i tried to go buy it on amazon and it was like 14 bucks and just to buy it and it was like three just to watch but i wanted a copy of it and it was cheaper to get the blu-ray which is a damn shame um it's crazy so, so I, I i i went with the blu-ray so i should be getting it pretty quick and i know the movie when i saw it wasn't that great because i remember nothing about it but <laughs> i i i uh, do want to watch it again so <laughs> I, you I might have a different appreciation it. for it too, from oh, different I, I, eyes. Like I, you know, in I terms do. of the comic. I, yeah. uh, I tend to like stupider stuff now. Like, uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just honest. Like my favorite <laughs> Superman movie to rewatch is Superman three. Like I, uh-huh. I, I adore that movie, and uh, a lot of the movies that I thought were the worst are sometimes the best now. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean. It all depends, right? It's like um, when you were younger, you might be like, oh, this got to be serious. It's got to be more, you know, I don't know. But now you just take things for what they are. Enjoy them. Yeah. But this was a pretty cool. Uh, and it's one of those dead universes that I'm trying to complete. So uh, it helped me at a very cheap rate because if I would have went through – my comic shop to buy these it would have been you know a two dollar per book kind of thing so yeah for sure 
how it turned out really well. Oh, that's cool. Um, Chris, if you don't mind, I, I can I can go next. Sure. Um, I'm I'm gonna switch gears and just talk about a movie because I noticed this on Shutter a few weeks ago, and then I watched it last night. And uh, Mike, I don't know if you remember. I think it was on the DC Everything Else podcast that we did. What maybe one of the first ones. I covered um, one of the Black Magic issues, the reprints in the seventies. Yeah, the big, the one with the big head. Yes, you remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the story was entitled "Head of the Family." Well, I happened to be scrolling through Shutter a couple of weeks ago, and I knew to, noticed a movie called "Head of the Family," and <laughs> the is this huge head, head. <laughs> uh, in like this like wheelchair type type deal, right? Yeah, I'm like got to be kidding me. Do you know this movie? I do not know of the movie, but I I definitely saw it in the video stores back in the day. Okay. So yeah. I'm like, what? this is, and it's from 1996. Um, I'm like, this is like way too, way too much. Like the, even like the, the cover of that black magic issue and stuff like that. It looks identical. And then, Finally, I was before I started watching the movie. I started googling, like I was trying to find if anyone else noticed the connection. Finally, I found uh, uh, like a little thread. People are like, "Yeah," and and there's even a guy that is like really strong. You know, the the brain, the big the big headed guy controls all the other members of the family. Is a big strong guy. There's a guy that has like super sharp senses in both in both the movie and the comic book. Now, the movie does not give any credit or, or reference the comic book at all. Apparently the director who does this, he, he just, I, I guess at the time he was known for just grabbing whatever ideas he thought looked good and just making them his own without any types of credits and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. I'm like, he, pro- he, pro- he probably read, read that he comic and said, it. Yeah, I'll. I'll uh, this is a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's not the same story, but the premise of that, you know, the head yeah, of the family. Vi- visual. Is the same. You can you can look at the cover of a comic book sometimes, and come up with an idea. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like. Yep. Oh, that that looks striking. Uh, imagine if I did a movie and did it around this. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, this was. Uh, it, 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 this is not. Um, how do I want to say it? It's not a quality. It's not like this isn't a quality. I wouldn't even call it a horror movie. First of all, I think it's a, a comedy, but um, I wouldn't say it's a quality movie, but it was very, very entertaining. Um, so you have this, you know, you have this, this weird family. They're just the Stockmores. A, a um, good, a, a good movie. An entertaining movie doesn't have to be good. No, right. <laughs> I mean it doesn't yeah. have to be well done. It just has to entertain. No, a hundred percent, and that's exactly what I got out of it. It's like Gator Bait. Like, I mean, yeah. I've seen better movies, like in terms of well done movies, where I literally am falling asleep and I have to turn it off and watch the rest the next day because I'm just getting too sleepy. This one, I was I was wide awake the whole time. You know, it just well sometimes sometimes going to happen well, next. But for those other movies, in all fairness. You usually have to think, or it yes. usually requires. This one probably required no thinking, and you wanted to see how it ended, so it yep. just. <laughs> yeah, 
sometimes sometimes sleepiness will you can watch something stupid and it'll keep you awake <laughs> exactly That's just exactly like when i had covid i just watched uh roll with it which is a a mindless comedy about bowling <laughs> And I, I I marched through the entire series, and then I watched Killing It, which is uh, about some guy killing snakes in Florida because they're <laughs> um, those pythons that are out of their element. Uh, 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 but uh, yeah, that was mindless entertainment. But I, I was extremely entertained because well, my see, brain brain didn't thing. feel like working. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Um. So. This guy named Lance, he owns, um, it's like a diner slash grocery store. It's a very small town called the Stop and Shop. And um, so, you know, he's, uh, he, he owns this, this place and the Stockmores come in every once in a while. The, 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 strong, the big strong guy, the guy with the sharp senses and the really uh, good looking woman um, member of the family come in and pick up groceries. So he has, you know, somebody help him, you know, once a week and stuff like that. And uh, there's this bad news biker guy that um, that is, is lives in the town as well, and like he comes in and he, you know he just bullies people around. Not necessarily Lance, but you know he's just really abrasive. Um, while his um, wife Loretta is actually um, cheating on on the biker dude with I can remember his name. Hang on, let me look up his name so I don't keep saying biker dude Howard. Um, so he's she's cheating on Howard with Lance, the owner of the stop and shop. So like, you know, she'll excuse herself to go to the bathroom. And at the same time, he happens to be, you know, back in the stock room or whatever. And, and they get it on and then, you know, and, and in the meantime, you see, you know, uh, you know, at the, in the front of the store at the diner, like uh, Howard is complaining that he's never seen a, you know, woman take so long in the bathroom before and stuff like that. He has no idea. Um, well, anyhow, uh, Lance and and Loretta one evening are driving, and uh, they they noticed that because you know obviously they're familiar with the town, they noticed that someone put up like a fence, directing people to a um, an alternate route. And just before that, us as viewers had seen this guy in a pickup truck, um, see that uh, see the arrow sign and and go this alternate route, which takes uh, which took him right to the Stockmore's uh, house. So um, Lance and Loretta um, notice it. They stop, and he gets out and starts walking in that direction. He's like, this is to the Stockmore property. And he's peeking through the bushes, and he sees um, the big guy knock the, the, um, the truck driver out and drag him into the house. So he's like, what is going on here? And we see that they're basically like uh, they, they put him in a surgical um, wing in the in the basement, and they're doing surgery. They're strange brain surgeries on him. So uh, the next day, um, Lance tries to stop the three that always make the rounds, uh, the the three Stockmores that always make the rounds in the town. But of course, they're they're not very responsive, um, and uh, so he physically tries to stop them. The big guy kind of knocks him out and brings him to the Stockmore house. And that's where he's first introduced to the head of the family, uh, the big, the big head. Um, and, uh, his name's Myron. And, uh, he says, he says to Myron, he's like, you know, I know you got something, something going on here. He's like, I saw what happened to this, this 
guy that was going through town. I saw what you, you know, drag him in. It's like, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, back there in their property, uh, you have a swamp and I wouldn't be surprised if called the authorities, they dig, you know, they, they drain that swamp and see a car, maybe even lots of cars. And, uh, so Lance is like, well, you know, and, and don't think about threatening me either because I've already written up a letter. I picked a random, uh, lawyer out of the phone book and I gave him this letter and I, and unless he hears from me on a regular basis, he's going to send this, I've instructed him to send this letter to the authorities. It's like, well, what do you, and Myron is pretty upset and he says, well, what do you want? He's like, you know, me and, uh, this one woman are together and we want to get rid of, uh, her husband, Howard. So what you've been doing to all these others, we want you to do to Howard. So reluctantly, Myron uh, ag agrees to this, um, seeing that he doesn't really have much of a choice. Um, sure enough, they end up uh, grabbing Myron. They do brain surgery on him. And what you find out is that Myron's doing all this brain surgery because he's such a freak that he can't get around. And he's done research that showed that people that literally had half of a brain, like not figuratively, but literally had half of a brain, could still actually function. So he's looking for a perfect body that has a full brain that maybe he could retain his intellect and he could kind of transport his 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 mind into a into a normal a normal body instead of being such a freak. So that's that's his motive for doing all these experiments. And he keeps um they don't kill the them. They just basically almost render them, like you know, it's um, uh, kind of like a uh, what do, what is it called when when they do that? Oh, I can't remember the the word when they uh, lobotomy when they, yeah. almost like giving them a lobotomy. So the very a you know very lobotomy. Yeah, yeah. So they're not dead, but they're kind of like totally out of it, wander around in the in uh, cells in the basement and stuff, and they they feed them potatoes. <laughs> once a day or something <laughs> so um so anyhow they they do that to howard so lance is just you know over the moon so is loretta she wanted out of that marriage she is very uh, abusive and they're like all right we're gonna you know we're gonna be all set um but you know things aren't enough for for lance lance says well you know like i still have this hanging over the stock wars so he goes back there and he says, you know, we're not, we're not done. You know, I want you to give me, I know how, how rich your family is. Um, I want you to give me $2,000, you know, a week to, you know, help me finance, you know, my, my lifestyle and the lifestyle I want Loretta to have. And so, you know, Myron's pissed and um, they start giving him the money, but he's, he's not happy about it at all. And, uh, so he, uh, they end up, bottom line, they end up uh, with that guy, uh, the one freak that has the super, super senses. Um, he starts following Lance around all the time. And um, he, he ended up uh, listening in with his sensitive ears when he, the next time he called his lawyer and he was able to hear um, everything that Lance said. He could even hear was going on on the other end of the line and like he had a secret password of what his mom's dog was named when he was growing up by the way it's elvis p wrestling so 
So um, they end up <clears throat> going after the, the lawyer. They they get the um, the letter. They kill the lawyer and his secretary. And then they grab Lance and Loretta just when 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 they happen to be out on the town. And uh, they bring them back to the house and they start um, saying, well, you know, now you're going to be, Lance, you're going to be part of this next experiment because we took care of your lawyer. He's like, wait a minute now. He's like, you don't think I'm, he's like, you're pretty smart, but you don't think that because of that, you think everyone else is stupid. You don't think that I'm so dumb that I wouldn't have contacted a second lawyer that if he didn't hear regularly from the first lawyer that he was then supposed to release this information, do you? And so Myron suspects he might be he, he might be just uh, trying to um, make up a story on the fly, but he really can't chance it. So he's like, well, we're, you know what we're going to do? We're going we're gonna to torture. We're going to end up torturing you. And Lance is like, listen, like you go ahead. Um, either way, I figure, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be dead. My only, my, my only bargaining chip is that you don't know the second lawyer. So I'm not telling you anything. She's like, and, and, and Myron's like, all right, then I guess, you know, we're going to, we're going to torture Loretta instead. And, um, they ended up, they want to, want to do it very, uh, dramatically. Uh, apparently they have, um, in a different part of the house, they have like a little stage where Myron will grab the the failed experiments and actually um, have them. Some of them can still speak and to memorize some lines. The other ones that can't talk anymore are just silent roles in plays. And so they decide they're going to do Joan of Arc with um, with Loretta as the as the lead role. So they they put on this little play and. Um, Sure enough, they tie her to a stake, <clears throat> and they're, uh, you know, they keep asking, you know, this is your last chance. This is your last chance. What's the name of the second lawyer? And um, Lance is wavering, but ultimately he 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 tells um, Myron, no way, he's not gonna he's not gonna say it. So they start lighting the wood around Loretta. Now the big strong guy, he had previously thought that Loretta was was pretty good looking. And like you go, pretty lady, pretty lady, and so uh, and Myron would get him under control, and then he'd do what he wanted, what what Myron wanted him to do. Well, this time he sees that Loretta's in danger of being burned alive, and he starts going, "Not her, pretty lady, not her, pretty lady." And um, Myron is trying to get him back under mental control, but he's unsuccessful. And uh, and uh, the big strong guy goes and grabs, uh, you know, runs through the fire. Un, unties uh, Loretta and, and basically puts her over his shoulder and, and runs off. And uh, in the meantime, now the like the whole place is starting to burn. And uh, and Lance uh, he ends up grabbing Myron by the you know from the wheelchair and starts wheeling him up to some stairs and just like wheels him right right down. And uh, you know he's he's very very badly injured at this point, and he had just fought off the the sense guy by stabbing him in the eyes, and uh, and then finally he's end up uh, being subdued uh, uh, romantically um, almost like uh, everything is heightened with these. So you know the one guy's super strong, one guy's super senses. The woman is super sexual, so men can't resist her. 
um, so he she manages to kind of like put him under uh, her spell, and as the the whole place goes up, and uh, at that point, pretty much everyone in the in the house dies, um, burn you know the place burns to the ground, and now it's just uh, Loretta and uh, the big guy. His name's Otis. So Loretta and Otis, and you know she, he puts her down. They're up on a hill watching it burn, and and she and he's like, oh you know me me love you or whatever, and she's like, yeah 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 you know you Tarzan me Jane. You know, this isn't going to be working out. You know thanks for the save, but I'm gonna um you know I think that I'll uh you know I'll leave you at this point. And then all of a sudden she gets this gleam in her eye. She's like, wait a minute. Hmm. There's me and the last survivor of the Stockmore fortune. She's like, baby, we're getting married. And they, they go off to one of those, <laughs> one of those, you know, uh, just uh, to a, a preacher, a quick, quick wedding um, location. And, you know, they, oh, this can barely even speak to say I do. But um, they end up getting hitched. And like she kind of looks at the camera almost like, nah, I don't think she quite winked, but she had this big smile on her face. And then that was the end of the movie. She just <laughs> did it for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she's like, sometimes a girl has to be romantic. And sometimes a girl has to be practical. This is one of those times where I have to be practical. <laughs> and so she wanted, she, she, she wanted the end. She, she inherited the whole, yeah. the whole stock fortune at the end. Where do you watch very... these movies, just out of curiosity? Do you watch them on the iPad or do you watch them on the TV? This one I did watch on the on the TV. Um, okay. I, I put it on, a, I told Stacy, I'm like, I'm going to put this one on. It's the exact same name as as one of the horror anthologies that, that I read a, a while back. It's like, you know, even the, the, the guy looks the same. I want to see, you know, and again, the, so the story itself is different. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I got to check this out. But, you know, about... 30 minutes in, it was already getting late. And Stacey's like, okay, I'm going to bed. <laughs> Watch the rest on my own. Yeah. But yeah, if, if you get a chance to ever, just for something silly to watch, I definitely recommend it. It's, 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 it's just over the top. And usually I watch those. I like to watch those movies when I'm bagging and boarding comics. Yes. But, but the problem is like, even with Gator bait, like I started it while I was bagging and boarding. I stopped bagging and boarding. Cause I got into it. Like, I'm like, I'm, I gotta pay attention to this. <laughs> yeah. This was a good one. I, I definitely, uh, I do you have shutter. I know you were thinking. I do, about... I do, but, um, I don't watch it as much as, I'd like because it's a really There's shitty so app. To, oh, to the cast. app itself. Well, it's is, it's a shitty app to to cast to because I yeah. why well, I don't I don't have Shutter through Amazon or anything. I have it, I have it through the A what is it the A and E plus or plus. Uh-huh. AMC plus. Yep. So yeah, I, they own it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I have it, and okay. it, it's gotten better, but. Even like I, mean, I, I like to watch I, I like to I watch things the... in closed caption because I can't air with a damn. Oh, so, I have everything in closed caption. So because so of I, that, I like it just make some of the older movies the closed caption doesn't stream well, like it uh, cast well. Yeah. Um, the app, but you're right about the app. Even the app itself that I have on on my Fire um, uh, Stick, Yeah. Yeah. It, even that is. 
it will get hung up a lot where I have to go to manage the app yeah. and force it to stop in order to get it to yep. start working. Again. Yep, I have issues with that. Like I, it's not like uh, HBO Max or no, Netflix no, or uh, no. where I don't have any issues. Zero. Amazon yeah, Prime even well works made. really well. Oh yeah, for sure. I haven't had any problems with NBC or whatever that one is or Paramount Peacock, or Disney yeah. Plus, but some of those oddball ones I have issues with. Yeah. Well, if you ever have a chance and you just want to watch it on your on your uh, iPad or something, I definitely um I definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah, it seems interesting. <laughs> it definitely was. Chris. Cool. Cool. Um, <laughs> I'm still here. I'm awake. Hi, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first thing I read was um, it appears that uh, IDW um, recently put out a <clears throat> trade called the Captain Action Classic Collection. Yeah, that's that. Um, this is on Hoopaloo. Hoopla, yeah. Um, so it was put out by IDW because they um, picked up the rights, apparently, but it um, collects five comics uh, of all five issues that were originally published by DC. Um, Captain Action, I I have, the only reason I have any awareness of him, because he was originally a, um, just to give a little background, he was originally an action figure that was created in um, 1966 and um he was only around for a couple of years he was like kind of like an alternative to the original large gi joe apparently um and actually the concept of it was um that you got this original captain action um figure it's really hard to make an a sound after captain and not say america <laughs> um and uh, you actually could get different outfits to put onto the caption, Captain Action figure and create or make him into other superheroes and like Superman, Batman, and Captain America. Um, they would license out the costumes, essentially. Yeah. The doll, the doll and, itself was the and, toy company, but then they'd license out whatever they did. Yeah. They still yeah, they, they still have... have a presence, um, and and uh, yeah. just just IDW did recently merge their Captain Action when they had when they were trying to do that Hasbro crossover line with Transformers, mm -hmm. GI Joe, Captain Action was one of them. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, I never had yes, one. I... Never had one of those dolls. But I did have one called Action Jackson, and it was the, it was the exact same premise. Okay. You'd get one Action Jackson, and then buy all the, the little outfits for him. <laughs> the gotcha. snow outfit or the desert outfit or, yeah. Yeah, these um, so they had both DC and Marvel characters that you could get as costumes, and then they also had. Um, others outside of that too, like Steve Canyon, Phantom, Flash Gordon, and stuff. So, um, but like you said, um, even though like the 
toy was only around for a couple of years, there was enough nostalgia for it that it, it has been has been propped up at different times. Um, they made like a, a red show toy company made another one a few um, you know a couple decades back, and then there's been more comics. The reason I have any awareness of um, Captain Action is just from like I never ordered any of them, but like Moonstone books put out a Captain Action book for a while and I just I know it from seeing it in previews and then um, like you said IDW has done stuff more recently um, Dynamite Entertainment also um, so it's like like a lot of those um, one of those properties that are around that gets licensed by a lot of the other like smaller comic publishers uh, but this was the original um, comic um done originally by DC. Um, there was five issues. Um, they were all written by Jim Shooter. Um, and they actually had art um, by Gil Kane and Wally Wood. So, um, you know, it was that era of DC where um, their top talent would just as likely be on licensed properties as they would be um what know, year what year was that again did did they publish it that the comics came out yeah uh it was uh late 60s early 70s oh, okay cool um it looks like yeah um so yeah jim shooter wrote all of them um i'm sorry um he wrote the first couple and then actually gil kane took over scripting on the uh, third, fourth, and fifth issue, which he also penciled. Um, he penciled um, all of the issues except for the first one, um, which was all art by Wally Wood. That's the one I read. Um, and then Wally Wood did inks on two, three, and five. It looks like Gil Kane did all of the art for issue number three. Number four, rather. So, yeah, there's your breakdown. Um, there's a couple page um, introduction by Mark Wade. And uh, issue number one is a pretty attention grabbing um, cover. It's got Captain Action and his sidekick, Action Boy, um, who turns out to be his actual son. Um, and. Um, Action back or action captain action is holding back uh, a panther um, on a leash and um, his other hand is pushing Superman to the side you know stand back Superman this is a job for captain action and company you know and so like DC and Marvel they always do this with like new characters if not the first issue the second issue um, DC it's usually Superman or Batman that makes an appearance and um, Marvel, it was often Spider-Man. Um, grab attention with the with the well-known character to try to help out the new character. Um, get folks' attention. Um, but it jumps right into the tell us the origin of Captain Action. But we um, we start uh, in media res. Um, there's a kind of Lex Luthor looking fellow, uh, bald white guy. Um, in uh, in a green costume, 
you know, it's like a light green um, bodysuit with just um, darker green trunks over top of it. Um, he's standing triumphantly with one foot on Captain Action's chest. Um, and um, that, so we then we back up just a little bit um and see as captain action um confronts this this fella um in like a sort of a rocky beach look looking area and we find out that this guy is named krellick and uh they seem to know each other because clive or uh krellick um addresses Captain Action as Professor Clive Arno, um, so implying that they have some kind of history. Um, we've got a couple pages that, that they fight it out a little bit, um, and then um, before their conflict, you know, before their battle is resolved, we flash back to the past, um, and we flash back back to the same two characters but at this point um they're only the professor clive arno and Krellick, uh, and they are only um like archaeologists at a dig um and um they're somewhere in central spain apparently um and um but the uh you know and the architecture around them looks um well it doesn't look like it it originates from Spain. Um, it doesn't look like it's, uh, you know, part of the Roman empire or anything like that. And, and that's what they're kind of talking about is, you know, they're, they're looking at stuff that looks like it could have come from India. Um, and, but they've got stone stones that are marked with Norse runes. Um, and in the background's a pyramid that looks like it was, you know, from the Aztec or, Mayan cultures. So it's a big mishmash um, in this site of all these different uh, ancient cultures from different places. Um, and Arno comes across a chest that's filled with coins. Um, and um, instead of like a, you know, a Roman em em uh, emperor's face or something like that on them, um, they do have faces on them, but as they look through them, there's faces of all these different deities from all these different um, mythologies. Greek, Norse, Hindu, Aztec. Um, and um, Arno cleans the one that he's holding, and it's um, Vidar, Norse god of strength. Um, so not long after um, touching the coin, um, Arno feels kind of funny, staggers out of the um, tent that they're looking at these coins in. And then a moment later, uh, <laughs> next panel, um, he's lifting a Jeep over top of his head. <laughs> um, so naturally, um, Krellick is pretty shocked to see this and it turns out he just, you know, he stuck the coin in his pocket and he 
finds that he's got the um, powers of that god that was on that coin. Um, you know, so essentially, uh, we get a sense of Krellick's character and how it differs here because his initial thought is that you know how he how they could use these coins to their own benefit. Um, and uh, so, um, but, uh, you know, Arno hesitates um, and um, because he didn't gain the God's strength until he was, um, until he had cleaned it, um, they put the rest of the coins underneath um, this machine that can do that quickly. And there seems to be some kind of reaction to that happening. And they're sucked through this kind of, you know, the, the familiar sort of time travel portal. Um, and uh, it doesn't take them too long. You know, they sort of orient themselves right away because, um, you know, the, the environs that they're in are recognizable from the dig site, just, you know, they're just new instead of, um, instead of old. And, and it's still that sort of mishmash of um, different architectural style, styles and stuff. And they get ported into um, what looks like the top of one of the Aztec type pyramids. Um, and they stand near uh, all these figures that don't seem to be aware of the fact that they're there, uh, that that Arno and Krellick are there. Um, and there's one figure who's sitting on a throne uh, with a white guy with long, um, long white hair and beard, and he's uh, got a black crow on his shoulder and um, a patch over one of his eyes. Um, so that is Odin, of course, and um, so essentially we go through this um, flashback of a couple pages, um, and um, this is where the the they witness um, basically all of the these figures or all of these people are all of the different gods all gathered together, and they are. Um, more like a different race, you know, it's, um, we see that, uh, all the different mythologies, um, have interpreted the same people in different ways or as different people. So in other words, there's one thunder God, um, and he was known as Thor. He was known as Zeus. He was known as, um, Indra, etc. you know, and they, they, they reiterate this idea a few times, but you, you know, and, um, but, uh, that's, that's the general idea is that they're going to fade from the world and they're going to, um, leave their powers behind, um, in these coins. And if, um, someday if someone is worthy, just like, um, like Thor's hammer kind of, um, the coins will give them their, will transfer their power um, to someone if they're, if they're worthy. So 
the origin of the coins revealed uh, Arno and um, Krellick returned to the present. Not sure if they'd actually traveled in time or if they had some kind of like trance or something like that. And um, so later that night, while Arno's sleeping, Krellick tries to sneak in and steal the coins. And um, as soon as he touched them, he, he screams and, and wakes Arno. And, um, you know, um, Arno reprimands him and, and talks about how, you know, uh, we heard very clearly that only those who are worthy um, can gain that power. And obviously, if someone tries to steal them, they're going to be showing themselves as not worthy of that. So Krellick runs off. Um, and um, but as he as he runs off from there, he he feels drawn by something and he finds uh, another coin separate um, from the other ones that they found. And um, he feels compelled to pick it up and finds um, that it is the coin of Chernobog, the Slavic god of evil. Um, and so he's excited to find that um you know he he has this power um of a figure that was you know also known as loki and set and and um these different um gods that we tend to think of as evil um so krellick's gotten what he wanted he's pretty excited about it and um he sneaks back toward the tent where arno is and he looks in and uh he sees that arno's um got some plans of his own he's he's got a big piece of paper in front of held up in front of him and he's got uh the costume idea for captain action written on there or drawn on there and captain action written real above him real real big above it so krellick you know understands um arnold's got some plans to become a hero um so some weeks go by um and arnold returns to um returns home um from this trip and um there's um as part of his archaeology, you know, there's a there's an actual archaeological museum that is named after him, and and he's moving into an adjacent building, um, and he's made plans for his new um, secret career. He's had um, seven di seven different contractors, each do a part of a job, so they wouldn't know ultimately what the finished project process or pro, uh, finished um product would be and um it's a secret hideout essentially um so he greets his son carl um and um they don't make much of a thing of the fact that they have seem to have a panther as a pet um he's named kem i guess it's supposed to just kind of connect to the whole um archaeology you know, archaeologist thing or something like that. Um, and um, so his son knows about the fact that there's this um, like secret tunnel connecting the house to the um, to the basement of the museum. And he asks somebody, he said, well, I'll show you why that's there. Um, and um, 
from one panel to the next, he's he's in his um, Captain Action um, costume. And uh, I like this little bit. Like, instead of the reaction that we think we're going to get from the sun, or you know, um, he's um, he sa- he says, "No, not my own father." And you know, Captain Action has no idea what why he's reacting that way either. He thought he'd be like impressed. His father's just going to be a superhero. And um, his son says, "Get your hands off me, you crook!" I'm just glad Mom isn't alive to see this. And he and Captain Action's totally lost, and so Carl shows him uh, a newspaper, and it says, "Mysterious Bandit Loots Museum. Thieves call self Captain Action." Um, well, the real Captain Action was on was on a plane um, from Europe uh, when this robbery happened, and uh, it doesn't take Captain Action long enough. Um, to figure out that it's Krellick doing this. Um, and um, he thinks, well, I could come up with a different identity, but I'm not going to let Krellick ruin my plans. So um, they figure out where he's, um, they figure out that all the places that Krellick has struck are places that he's worked in the past. And he's kind of killing two birds with one stone, you know, getting some revenge on his formal, former employers. He's got grudges um, and blackmail or, you know, uh, or impersonate um, and ruin um, Carl Arno's plans. So they can predict where he's probably going to strike next, but before they get there, um, Superman does. Um, and, um, Superman's, you know, about to, uh, about to do something about this guy robbing a museum. And this is where we get like the splash page, a splash page that recreates the cover, um, with, uh, Captain Action, Action pushing Superman aside. And, um, he comes in with the Panther and with his, uh, his son's now suited up as uh, action boy as well. <laughs> so um, they don't make a big thing about it, but the implication I think is that they've, they're both using the coins. Um, so they've kind of split them up, not using all of them, even between the two of them. Um, Cause there's a lot of them. Um, but um, they fight it out a little bit with Krellick um but Krellick escapes um and um Superman wants to talk to Captain Action but Captain Action just brushes him off and says I'll take a rain check on the chit chat pal uh we've got a thief to catch let's go team so <laughs> Jim Shooter was pretty intent on showing that this new hero didn't have time for DC's um top top hero which is kind of amusing but um so um back at home captain action uses the coin of odin to um you know to his odin's wisdom to figure out where is krellick and that's where we catch up with the beginning um they're they're um in a um, mountain range in greece it turns out um Captain Action uses the speed of Hermes to get there as the Flash would. Um, and um, 
so yeah, he's only carrying a few power coins at a time in the hollow of his belt buckle. Um, and um, it uh, it turns out that um, in the meantime, Krellix also found additional coins. Um, the one that he found wasn't the only one. Um, there were other um, quote unquote evil um, gods that left behind their uh, so he uses a few surprise powers on him, um, on Captain Action, and um, they they fight a bit. But um, Krellick, the issue actually ends with Krellick getting um, the best of Captain Action, as we saw at the very on the very first page. Um, he knocks Captain Action out, and um, and that's the cliffhanger that uh, we're left on. But we do get one additional page that it, apparently that uh, dealing with Krellick is not going to be the only thing he's going to have to deal with in the following issue. There's, he's also going to counter someone named Dr. Evil, who uh, <laughs> looks like a kind of... Um, I think it was his nemesis, like Doll. I think there was yeah, a Dr. He, Evil Doll. Was there? Yeah, he looks like... Um, he looks like a hippie cult cult leader. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, so it was interesting. It was enter- like it was entertaining and just kind of interesting to see kind of this little snapshot of uh, um, the past there um, with this character. But um, you know, I. It, there's some limitations like the, I guess, you know, they had to come up with something different than the whole costumes thing because, um, or they decided to, because obviously they only had the rights to the DC costumes that captain action used. So they came up with this coin, uh, idea, um, instead, um, you know, and it, and it works, but, um, you know, captain action doesn't quite have the, um, appeal of of some of the characters that have become more popular, but uh, it, it's an interesting snapshot to that time period. Yeah, he makes a comeback every now and then in retro dolls. <clears throat> yeah, I'm aware of them, but I've, yeah. I've never I, I never had any of those. Um, I mean, that's before my time, and I, I've never read any of the the stories. I have the original comic, but not the toy. Gotcha. Yep. So, uh, I'm going back to uh, Comics Greatest Worlds and uh, talk about X. Specifically X 7 and 8. Number 7 has a really nice cover. I I absolutely love it. It's it's got X uh, held by a beautiful, like, woman in the water with this sinister face uh, looking in on it. And uh, it does have to do with the inside of the comic. Um, the guy that's on the cover, his uh, face is... Uh, he He's named Lord Alamont. And he, think of him as like Rayshaw Gall, you know? Mm. he uh, He's like some entity that has this League of Assassins that has captured... Uh, X and puts him he's drugging him up 
and putting him in like this virtual environment and brainwashing him so while x is there um it's interesting because they don't take off his mask because if you know x's costume you'll see that padlock <laughs> on the costume's head like it right underneath his his chin is a a lock <laughs> <laughs> and that like locks his mask up so you can't open it uh, i guess these guys don't have bolt cutters or anything like to cut the bolt <laughs> find out who this guy is or it's some kind of like magical uh uh lock that you can't take <laughs> off even even the scientist that's working with uh uh, lord uh Alamont is like why don't, why don't we just take off his mask uh just and he's like no nah, i don't care about that i'm brainwashing him he's brainwashing him so he could go after people in arcadia and he sends him after uh the uh city council guy um so he attacks him while he's driving his sports car and beats him to a pulp but doesn't um doesn't injure him and what x does when he hurts somebody is he he'll uh He'll mark your face with, he's like Zorro. He'll mark your face with like a, a, one part of the X. And that's a warning. And if he comes back and he marks your face with the other part of the X, you're dead. So uh, you still have a chance if you have that first scar to uh, to, to not get killed. But uh, he goes after some other uh, guy that's confessing at uh, um what do they call those confessionals? Confession is that what it's called? Like a I think so, yeah. Catholic a confessional. confessional. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, he's confessing yeah. at a church. Um I used to hate going into those things. They were creepy. And I, I never I never yeah. came Same up here. with sins and I felt I had to come up with something. I, I always Yeah, I always just said the same thing every I, time. Yeah. <laughs> I li- I lied. I lied to this the was priest. Part of the Catholic guilt. Well, well like you're I, a little kid. What could you possibly have to confess? Well, I, but then I, you feel guilty well, about not confessing. I, I felt, yeah, yeah I, I felt, conf- I, I was like, I have nothing to confess, but I didn't want to go in there with any confession, so I, I had to make up some shit, you know. Oh yeah, I, I think every child that was Catholic <laughs> did, did the same thing. I disobeyed my parents. I, yeah. I fought yeah. with my sister. Yeah, I would make up shit like That's that. That's all I can think of. Yeah. I would okay, say, uh, say I I murdered Marys. somebody um, and buried him in my <laughs> yeah. backyard and uh, <laughs> I coveted my neighbor's wife. I'm sorry. You, you were eight <laughs> at the time. <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. I took some of the major commandments and threw them in there. <laughs> awesome. But uh, this guy comes out of c- c- confessional and he gets. Uh, almost killed by x because this is a target from that the guy that the rayshaw ghoul character um but he, he he's able to get a cross and he x is like has a sword and he's getting ready to like cut his face up and uh the guy gets the cross in front of his face and he starts remembering flashbacks and he leaves so he he's almost like he gets control of his body again and he's no longer programmed but uh, as he, he leaves the church, there's uh, a League of Assassins out there, uh, kind of like in uh, garb that you would pr- see the League of Assa- Assassins wear. 
and he fights with them and uh, manages to uh, they manage to get his uh, his mask off with uh, a cut which is very unusual and you see it's some guy with an X over his eye like he doesn't have he only has one eye and that kind of makes sense because if you look at his costume there's only one eye hole yeah. So the other eye has an X over it, and he fights these guys, and they eventually start to run. And then he gets in a a, a sword fight with Lord Alamot, kind of like Batman versus Raisha Ghoul. And uh, they both, and it's just like a Batman Raisha Ghoul fight, <laughs> they both uh, push each other outside of a window, um, land in the water. And then X swims to the surface and uh, pulls off the mask. And whoever whoever's in this Lord Alamont's face is is a not it's not really his face because he sees a rubber mask of his face. So we don't know what he looks like. And that's how that issue ends, which leads us into uh, the War of Arcadia Prelude in number eight. So on the cover of number eight. You see Ghost in the foreground and X in the background, and they're both in Arcadia. And this is by Stephen Grant, and uh, it's not by Wagner doing the art on this one. It's Matt Haley. Um, and this one uh, opens up with a helicopter. In the bottom of the helicopter, there's an X mark on it. Somebody painted an X. And uh, one of the congressmen is in that plane, and uh, this cong- congressman from previous issues is a corrupt congressman, and X is targeting him, and he's trying to get on to a uh, a platform on a ship, and then it switches. He he actually la- crashes the helicopter onto this platform, and um, Ghost is on this platform, and if you know Ghost's powers. People can't see her, so she's like just phasing in and phasing out of people and going through walls at her own. And you kind of learn her origin story, so this is sort of telling you. She was a reporter, and uh, she became ghost, and she doesn't remember any of her past. And, And as she goes through her comic book, she's trying to find out who she was, what happened to her. And she thinks the senator's involved because... She keeps seeing this photo with her in the photo, some beautiful woman and the senator, this congressman. And uh, she's targeting the congressman. And there's on this uh, ship, there's a uh, sort of a Amanda Waller type. She's pretty badass. And she's got uh, sensors on the ship. And she sees the heat signature of ghosts. So she knows that someone's aboard the ship that um that nobody can see so she sends like her security guards after uh ghost but the bullets all go through her so ghost carries a gun and ghost can phase in and out so ghost can actually punch you if she like goes into physical form or or her gun which is invisible when it's attached to her she could pull her gun out and phase out and shoot you but she's targeting the senator and she's going to she gets in a fight with that Amanda Waller type character but just knocks her out 
and then goes after that congressman. And she pulls the gun on the congressman, but before the congressman um, um, can punch her, he like hits, gets a pipe and swings it at Ghost. The pipe phases through her and hits like this rope that's attached to the ceiling and whatever it was attached to this like uh, wooden piece of architecture falls on top of him and crushes him and kills him and that's when X is there because X was going to terminate this guy anyway but uh, and they weren't on a ship sorry they were on an oil platform so uh, the Amanda Waller character got uh, got away the platform goes up in flames and then X accomplished his mission because he wanted that guy dead and ghost did it for him so that was the end of uh, this uh, the two issues that I covered uh, there I'm finding this really uh, really a lot of fun like I've always liked the 90s and uh, uh, I'm really enjoying this at least still harbor and Arcadia stuff quite quite a bit so that's uh that's it for me on the X uh stuff. Nice. You gonna you finish off all of them? Um, I think on X I already have the, almost everything. I need two more issues to go, but I'm uh I'm kind of reading one or two every week. Um, mm-hmm. of what what I picked up anyway at that fifty cent bin. Oh god. But you know me, I I don't always stay on target, so. <laughs> stay on target. I, I, yeah, I'm still I'm still working my way through um, Wolverine ongoing, um, which started in Marvel Comics Presents with mm-hmm. the uh, Chris Claremont and uh, Buscema. Oh, okay. I, I'm, yep. I'm still I'm still doing the Mandapore, where they um, they think Wolverine's dead, like the X Men are dead, Wolverine's dead, and he's Patch. Uh, yeah, is this the first time you've read it, or no? This is the second time. <laughs> okay. And yep. uh, I, I will tell you that reading it the second time, I'm far more appreciative of it. Um, back then, he was out of the costume, and I I don't know if I I grasped uh, it fully, but now it's like I I, I understand what's going on in Mandapore, and. Um, I love Busima's art, even though it changes sometimes from every other issue because of the inker that's inking him. But yeah. it's really, really good. Like, I, I think it's some of Busima's. Like, I know Busima from Conan, but this is this is definitely not Conan. But I really, really like it. I really like his work. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. But, I gotta uh, go back and maybe pick the rest of those up. I started collecting that one at issue seventeen. It's when John Byrne came on as the artist. Yeah. And I have nothing. I don't do not have one through sixteen at all. Well, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, it was Eleven O'clock Comics, and they had their book of the month. They mm-hmm. they actually read through the first Epic Collection, and that's what I'm reading. Is oh, the cool. uh, Epic Collection because. Uh, I don't know, just having them talk about it brought back memories, and I was like, okay, I want to relive this. Because I, I want to relive it with different eyes. Because when I yep. was reading it, it was with, at the time it was coming out. 
and uh, now I'm seeing it with a whole different set of old man eyes and liking it a lot more, just like we were talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. Um, my next one is, uh, as you guys may or may not know, I've been uh, going through my Captain America um, collection since I completed it and reading from the Tales of Suspense up through around 300, which is which is where I um, I started collecting just prior to 300. So I've read all of those, but everything before that had been hit or miss as I happened to maybe grab an issue or see something like we talked about at the flea market. You know, I'd buy random issues and then I'd, I'd read them on the fly. But uh, in the past several years, I've just been trying to complete the run and I, I kind of filed them away until I had the, the full run to, to read straight through. You know, you know what I just recently picked up. I hate to interrupt, but no, that's fine. I, I just recently picked up the first uh, tales of suspense where Cap shows up for the first time. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just that's picked up awesome. that one. It happens to be the first appearance of uh, Jarvis as well. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Yeah, I actually. Uh, that's one of the few that I actually have. Um, for Tales of Suspense, um, one of my coworkers, um, he's about five years older than me or so, uh, maybe a couple more than that. Um, he uh, was a comic book uh, collector, and and he uh, he was he was willing to to sell a bunch of his Tales of Suspense, and he happened to have uh, that that issue. So I'm like, yeah, cool, I'll definitely pick that. Yeah, one. I've been I've been working on the side, like trying to finish my. Tales of Suspense, at least when Iron Man starts. Mm-hmm. Um, from that point on, and then also with uh, Tales to Astonish. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the first Iron Man, though, is expensive, right? Yeah, I won't get that, but I have a facsimile. So. Okay. I do have the facsimile. It came out a couple years yeah. ago. Yeah. All right. So the one that I'm going to cover today is uh, I'm up to number 275 for Captain America. And. Uh, at this point um, in the 275? run... 275? 275, yeah. Okay. Uh, J.M. Uh, DeMatisse and Mike Zeck uh, were the creative team at that point. Um, they had started a, a while prior, and this was... Uh, you know, it's funny, since reading, like, maybe shortly after... I think when Kirby left again, I think it was then Engelhart. And that's when it really started to get really good in terms of like getting a lot of subplots and really moving along. But then when he left, there was all these just random fill-in creative teams. wasn't really going it. Like people would would come on. It'd almost be like, okay, yeah, this is going to be the new team. But they'd only last two or three issues and then they come back off. Um, nothing was getting going. And, um, then I can't remember. Oh, then, uh, Stern came on and he had a little bit of a run with John Byrne and, and that was very good. That introduced like Bernie Rosenthal and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, now we're getting somewhere, but that was only about a year. And then Liefeld talked about that. That's one of his, that's one of his favorite runs is like the Byrne and Roger Stern. It was really good, but um, it was short. Era. And, but it, he, and, he, and he had so many, like, I mean, I'm telling you, like. They just like, wanted to put him on bigger I, projects. That's why they left. Not because they weren't enjoying it or 
didn't have any more stories to tell, but they uh, moved on. Well, then, I mean, Kep suffered a little bit after that because it was just random people. And then finally, uh, Dematisse uh, came on, and I think at first he was a fill-in, and then he ended up uh, just sticking with the assignment because, like, he had a couple, maybe three uh, three issue arc, and then there was uh, maybe David Kraft, and then all of a sudden he came back, and, and then he picked it up, and he's actually the writer with uh, occasional fill-ins right through uh, 300. So... Uh, and the other thing to talk about is just like how dense these comic books were. <laughs> it's like they're regular sized comics, but th- if if this story was told today, it would be like twelve issues long. It's 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 insane how much happens in this particular issue. Um, so you get started with Cap um, visiting uh, Shield headquarters in New York and uh, previous. Uh, <clears throat> with um with one of uh the, the stories uh he had encountered this weird robot that kind of dissolved into almost like dust shield is keeping it in a in a large container um he had also at the same time uh encountered vermin for the first time um they are keeping him under watch um trying to get um uh, having a psychologist watch him and, and so on and so forth um this is shortly after he uh, was reintroduced to his old army pal, Arnie Roth. Um, Arnie had approached him a few issues ago to help him save his roommate, Michael, um, who uh, they found out his consciousness was in this android that turned to dust. And um, Arnie was able to get through to Michael by talking with him and uh, his consciousness ported back into his own body. So he's recovering at shield. Um, uh, Cap stops and, and visits um, Michael and Arnie. I don't remember 100% if they address this before those characters kind of um, leave the book, but it seems very clear to me that they are more than roommates, Michael and Arnie, without them having to say that they're more than roommates. Because, um, again, keep in mind, this is the mid or early 80s, actually, and um, they weren't coming right out and saying such things, but it definitely appears that he's, that they're uh, partners, romantic partners. Um, anyhow, uh, we cut uh, scenes to later in the day um, and Steve and Bernie and their landlord, um, Anna have been back from, um, or coming back from shopping. They pass the local synagogue and there is a Nazi symbol spray painted on the doors and there's already people there that are part of the synagogue that are trying to clean up. The inside is trashed. And, um, you know, Steve is, he's, he's pretty shocked that this is still continuing, um, you know, after what he encountered, obviously, in World War II. Anna, we already know, um, is an, uh, a, more, a more elderly person. And uh, she actually was in one of the concentration camps um, back in World War II and has made a new life for herself um, in the United States. So, of course, she's very upset. Um, you know, she basically wants, um, you know, she wants them to, to, you know, lock them up and throw away the key. And um, it's funny, like, in, in, in this day and age now, because, um, you know, Steve, obviously, uh, you know, destroying property and everything else and 
is 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 unacceptable. But you know, he goes to a point where we're like, you know, everyone needs. There's going to be a Nazi rally, basically, and they're saying the Nazi rally is going to come. You know, is 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 coming in Long Island, and you know that should not be allowed. And he's, his point is like, well, you know, we live in the United States where even the most vile ideas should be, you know, have the same protection as, as any others, because otherwise, you know, who kind of decides what's acceptable and what's not. Um, and then uh, we have a quick interlude where I know, I don't think we, we knew at the time when we were reading this, but it's very clear that it's um, the second Baron Zemo um, studying a picture of his, of his family and um, basically saying that he, Captain America must die. Another quick um, interlude. We're at this house where neo-Nazis are getting ready to rally, um, and basically they are uh, Holocaust deniers um, and saying that we must make the world aware that there was no Holocaust and you know we're going to have this rally. Third interlude in a row. Um, you cut to uh, Sam Wilson, and he is giving a press conference because he's going to be running for Congress. Um, he decided he could do more good <clears throat> representing Harlem that way um, than just being the Falcon. And a guy from the Daily Bugle um, starts asking about um, his criminal uh, past when he was Snap Wilson. And, uh, you know, Sam says, you know, I was cleared um, in a federal court for all of that. And, you know, but he really, really gets... Um, Really gets upset, and they cut the they cut the inter, or cut the press conference short. Um, later on that day, uh, Steve is currently a freelance artist uh, for advertising companies. So for the first time, really since he's had his own book, he actually has a personal life and a civilian job. And uh, he is a, a couple days late uh, for um, some sketches he was supposed to do at an advertising company, and. Uh, he drops them off. At first, it gets reamed out for being late. Um, they pull out the samples, and the guy is absolutely delighted. Um, he's like, you know, what if we can get to get you uh, get you to meet a deadline? He's like, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a place at this company. And uh, then um, the secretary uh, comes in and says, announces that one of his clients, Arthur Grossman, is on his way over to discuss the handling of their accounts. And uh, he says, and I quote, um, Grossman, you call that old Jew back and tell him he'll come over when I want him to come over. And as he finishes the sentence, Steve is ripping up all of his samples and saying, I, I keep thinking that we got rid of you people. Um, uh, wow. People like you. Little race, ago. racial. <laughs> no, he said people like you 40 years ago. Uh. But you showed me you were I was wrong and he storms out. So obviously he's out of a job there, sticking up for his principles. So uh, he had previously told Bernie he wasn't going to be able to make um, a anti-Nazi um, rally to counter the actual rally because he was he was busy with his work. But since he's cut that short, he's now joined Anna, Bernie, and other couple, uh, a couple of the other residents at their um, at their apartment complex. Um, for this protest to um, the rally. Were you a fan and, uh, of Bernie? Uh, at the time, yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, Did I, you prefer I, her to uh, Diamondback, or did you... No, I liked Bernie better than Diamondback. Yeah, yeah so did I, as a love interest anyway. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, she, uh, Bernie uh, starts talking to the organizer of the protest. Turns out that it's Bernie's ex-wife, which Steve had absolutely no idea that she had been married before. Uh, he's kind of stunned because uh, they are seeing each other romantically at this point in the comic book. Um, the But just as, the, as he learns this, the actual Nazi rally starts, and Steve is kind of upset because there's literally four people on the stage, four Nazis, and that's it. And then there's all these people ra- um, rallying or protesting them, and Steve's point is like, it's like if we hadn't even been here to, to counter this, the news, the media probably would have just ignored them. Um, but, you know, I understand uh, if, if, especially if you're a Jewish person at the time of what happened to your synagogue, you don't want to just ignore them. You actually want to protest against them. So um, there's, there's heated words on both sides until somebody finally uh, from the crowd throws a bottle at the, um, the neo-Nazis, uh, the leader's head, and hits him in the head, and it just erupts into a, a full-blown riot between the Nazis and the protesters. Um, <clears throat> in the meantime, we have... Do you think uh, we'd have this kind of thing in the current comic? No. Yeah, I don't either. No, I don't think there's any way. Yeah, that's what I'm uh, which, thinking. Which is, which is... Because like they don't even like to even mention Nazis, period. No, we wouldn't have that. And, and I, I, I know, I know when when Nazis yeah. are mentioned, mm-hmm. I know that there's a little. I don't know if you noticed this, but in previews, there's a little cannot be sold in Germany. Germany, yeah. Yeah, that's that's illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Any any references to to Nazism yeah. in Germany? Um. Yeah. I mean, that's in, it's an interesting point, Mike. Because no, I don't think that a lot of them. Um, you know, now they're all owned by these very big companies, and I, I don't think that they want uh, to be that blatant. But you know, I, and anytime they even touch um, any type of political thing, everyone gets up in arms about it, as if this is the first time comics have addressed politics. You know, um, which obviously it hasn't. Um, it's it's inter- it's definitely interesting, but no, I don't I don't think that they would I don't think they would do that these days. Um, you see my a, a little caption now. Many miles away, Zemo is watching through a monitor this um this uh, riot basically, and uh, he's uh, talking to a person in the shadows, but it's quite obviously Arnim Zola because of you know the shape of his body with the little robot thing on his head. Um, but uh, Zemo presses a button, and back at S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters, that pile of dust reforms um, into a huge, uh, mushy-looking android. And um, he starts uh, crashing through walls, and he actually frees uh, Vermin. And they go uh, rushing through together until they um, break into um, the hospital wing where Michael and Arnie currently are, and then it cuts away back to the riot, and uh, Anna and the other roommates are trying to get away from any any violence. Bernie is out in the middle of the crowd um, calling out for Steve because they've gotten separated. Of course, Steve is off and away getting changed into Captain America. So he jumps on the stage. He physically um, keeps uh, 
pushes the the um, protest um, leader, the Jewish protest leader, away, um, and the neo-Nazi leader and, and the other arm away, and he gives um, a speech, um, basically, you know, saying that, you know, you're you're basically, you know, telling the protesters don't stoop to the Nazis' level. You're, you know, don't try to don't. Uh, legitimize their um, their evil words and uh, don't become you know what you are what you hate and then he grabs the neo-nazi by the by the collar and, and you know says basically he wishes he could um, uh, you know that they, they basically they're denying reality they're trying to rewrite history he wishes he could take him back to uh, one of those concentration camps that he helped um, liberate and let him see how real the Holocaust actually was. And it's a very similar speech that, you know, he had given back at, at the, um, at the synagogue with Bernie and, uh, Anna and Bernie's watching this and she's like, Oh my God, that voice, it can't be. And, um, as Steve's given this, um, as Steve's given this speech, uh, it actually angers both the, the neo-Nazi and, uh, the, the Jewish organizer. And they both come at, Steve at the same time, but he, of course, died quickly, easily dodges to the side and they both fall off of the stage under the lawn and, you know, they're just lying there uh, piled up. And then the last panel, we cut away back to Bernie. She's, and each, each word has its own little thought bubble caption. Oh my dear God. And then Steve Rogers is Captain America. So she's just learned that her boyfriend is Captain America. So looking forward to read that next, next issue to see what the fallout of that is. Uh, obviously I knew it was coming from reading some of those later issues in the past, but yeah, that's, this was a good one. And again, so much information, so much cutting away to build other subplots. It's like you would never see it. You can't see that in the way that comic books are written these days. This was a fun one. Yeah, I really miss that style. Yeah, the and the condensed or not, but the, um, just how packed issues were with plots. Just when they didn't uh, decompress everything. I mean, it takes me almost a half an hour to read read each one of these. I would say about between just over twenty to almost twenty five minutes, because um, I'll try to read a couple of them on lunch, and you know, by the time I get finished, there's only like ten minutes left of my lunch time. So, um, yeah, it's they're they're packed and very, very enjoyable. Nice. Yeah, and as comics have become more uh, expensive, they take you a lot less time to read. Yep, <laughs> that's for Unfortunately. sure. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing I had um, was um, Image Comics... Um, reissued the trade of the first four issues of Cyberforce. Mm. Um, and I had, like, within the last year or so, I, I'd revisited a lot of the, like, early um, image properties. Um, Cyberforce is not as like, accessible um, to me at the time, but... Um, so I saw this, I thought, you know, I, I'd 
I take a look at it. Um, I think back in the day, I'm. I know I at least read issue number one. I can't remember if I if I went beyond that or not. I just read issue one again for today. So, um, but yeah, this was Mark Silvestri's project, um, and um, he did the pencils, um, and um, I think maybe he did the inks on on this and the second issue because um, there's just inkers credited for issues three and four, and then. Um, Eric Silvestri um, did the script. Um, Funny enough, no relation, right? Yeah, I was wondering about that. I couldn't remember. No, I'm just making that up. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm guessing it must be his brother. I don't. No, I don't. What I know. thought at first too until you said that. No. <laughs> what, what, really what, what, what was the question? Eric Silvestri is the writer. Oh. Is, I'm, I'm assuming it's and this his is, brother. This is issue yeah, it's one. His brother. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know he issue wrote it. One. I guess I didn't pay attention. <clears throat> yeah, it's Mark Silvestri's brother. Um, I, I've been I, like I've usually it's more common name like Smith or something, but I have seen those scenarios where you know you have more than one creator on a property and they're not, not actually related, even though they have the last same last name. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's usually something more common name. Um, so it starts out with a, a young. A young-looking woman um, with white skin and like a black lightning bolt over one of her eyes, um, with red hair, and she's wearing like a trench coat and like almost looks like a I don't know like a like a uniform for working in a factory or something like that. But um, she's she's running for her life it seems at, at night in the rain in a city. Um, she hops over, uh, she's running through like an alleyway and these, um, very heavily armed, um, troops, um, are pursuing her and along with a, um, blonde haired, short blonde haired, uh, woman, um, with like, a, a purple eye, kind of like a Psylocke eye. Um, and then from above, there's a um, there's a figure, a muscular figure with um, long black hair um, and glowing yellow eyes. That um, we get like some caption of his narration, um, and there's kind of like a um, like a Native American um, like feeling to his thoughts. Um, and um just in some of the metaphors and stuff that he's thinking in and and um there's a double page splash of um him jumping off of uh the rooftop that he's on and his name is revealed as ripclaw um and um so then we switch um scenes to a place called um cybertech um, their advanced aerospace and avionics division. Um, and there's, um, like, there's a, some people working on um, this, like, machinery. Um, this uh, looks like a plane um, that actually that they're, like, a, um, that they're working on. And um, 
a call comes in from that rip claw um, and um, we see that the one guy who's like shirtless um, with short blonde hair he identifies himself as heat wave um, and rip Claw says that they've got cops which is an acronym for cybernetic operatives um, for protection and security that are pursuing a mutant runner um, and he's asking for backup um, and Heat Wave says that he's that they're on their way, and then um, we switch scenes again to like a banquet hall in Manhattan, and there's a politician with blue skin, and his name is actually Blue Stone. Um, he's you know kind of like addressing the crowd, giving a speech, and um, there's a figure with a, a red eye. Um, and in shadow and then we get a close-up and see that there's like some metal like maybe cybernetics around the eye um that's thinking about the situation and um you know whether or not the city's ready for a mutant mayor and or ready for mutants period um and um he using his enhanced vision um spots a guy up in the um balcony with a weapon um so he rushes out um from the background um, pushes the politician aside reveals himself to have like um three arms on his right side um for a total of four two of which one of which is removing uh, pulling back his trench coat and the other two are fire uh weapons and kill the um kill the man um up in the balcony but there turns out to be some other shooters involved um there's like a splash page of um of this guy now firing like three different weapons and on the weapons from his left side um one of the guys one of the terrorists or whatever they are um is um running off and he's talking about you know gamarong never said anything about striker being on the case um so that seems to be that fellow's name and um he's running down some stairs and stops short because he comes um face to face with a woman uh with short black hair and a mask uh red eyes um her body looks like it's all like metal and um she kind of like generates power in her fist and throws it and it looks like it just goes right through the guy's chest um and um so a few terrorists actually do make it out of there to like their getaway van um and they're trying to take off and they like impact right into uh impact <laughs> that's his name uh, he's like a big hulk he's the you know each one of these teams had to have uh, a, a big guy and uh, he's their big guy um but in addition to being hulk sized he's got um like a lot of the other characters he's got like some you know like metal limbs and cybernetic looking stuff um so we go back to that young uh white-skinned woman and that's literally white, not pinkish. Um, and she's slowed down. She's 
thinks maybe she's lost them. She doesn't have any energy left, but right after she thinks that she's finds herself under the, um, you know, under the gun, uh, under the cybernetic futuristic looking gun of many of these cops agents. Um, but Ripclaw shows up, starts taking them out. Um, as his name implies, he's got claws. Um, and uh, they come out his fingertips instead of the back of his hand, but he is very similar to a certain Marvel superhero in that respect <laughs> and tears these guys apart just like um, that Marvel superhero might to help out this young girl. But that uh, blonde-haired woman leading these soldiers show um, arrives then, uh, and she's um, apparently... Um, uh, Ripclaw's aware of her, and um, she's a little bit more fierce of an opponent than the men she was leading. So um, he tries to take off by grabbing the rungs of a um, of a um, fire escape ladder. Um, and um, this woman, who we then find out is called Ballistic, um, she has some pinpoint accuracy with her weapon and and. Um, uses her bullets to break apart the ladder that Ripclaw was gathering, uh, was um, grabbing. Um, but then Heatwave shows up. Uh, we see him in costume, again, a lot of cybernetic metal and stuff. Um, he's he's flying, he comes flying out of the, the vehicle that they were um, working on earlier and, and fires below while um the vehicle lands starts to do its landing procedure over top of the whole scene which causes like a ton of dust um as a distraction um so there's just too much for ballistic and her team to deal with at this point so they take off with the um you know she leaves saying that they'll be back and she names this red-haired white-skinned girl as velocity and says that she can't hide from cyber data. Um, and then we have a, um, like a little interlude um, that uh, there's this like kind of Egyptian, blue-skinned Egyptian woman um, and some high rays. She's talking to, like she's talking about how she's the mother of um, like street kids and um like exiles and um you know um she's talking to some um a japanese man who and then a secretary comes on and says kamada-san there's a um a call coming in it's very urgent so the blue skin woman leaves and um the caller tells kamada that um velocity escaped um which he seems to be aware of. And um, he's talking to somebody called Doman Sasadrak. Um, and uh, they don't want her to join up with Cyberforce, basically. Um, and he wants, um, they want Kamada to do something about that. So we get like a flashback of um, like Velocity. It seems, seems to be Velocity. It's a little girl. She doesn't have that bolt um on her face but she's got reddish hair and 
she seems to come from like a really rough background with like an abusive father and a mother that doesn't do anything about it. Um, and she, yeah, it's definitely her. She wakes up from a dream um, of that. And um, she meets like the, the couple of the figures that we saw earlier working on the plane. Um, and um, they take her through and introduce her to like some of the stuff in the place um, that, uh, that they're in. Um, but then there's an alarm um, that someone's broken through their perimeter um and then just after that there's a huge explosion and um velocity wakes up and the you know comes you know collects herself or whatever in in the wreckage uh it says hello velocity off panel and then we flip to the final page this is a splash page with um ballista but this time she has four figures with her that seem to be of equal or similar power they seem like you know not just grunts they are um it looks like an evil evil team you know there's like a there's a woman with like a skull face and a guy in like with power power coming off of his hands and like blue and orange and a, a big guy in the background with blade hand like a blades and like an all energy person so that's the cliffhanger ending there but um so overall you know it like I like Mark Silvestri's art. I like I liked him um, on Wolverine um, and X Men when I was younger, and I still appreciate his work there. Um, so you know the art's nice. Um, conceptually, you know it's kind of like Wildcats. It's just like Silvestri and Jim Lee were both known for X Men at this time, um, and. Um, maybe even more so than wildcats you can just feel the x-men like bleeding through the ideas here like it's just um there's you know there's some bits and pieces but there's just there's so much x-men in this and it's so obvious um so you know even though there's like this cyber aspect to it it's just kind of like a little it's like a you know it's like a skin over top of you know it's like it and he's not even hiding you know the the whole mutant <laughs> thing um but you know they have like the the jet and like it's their stuff is underground beneath this like complex that looks like xavier's school ripclaw is very similar to wolverine you know um etc etc but you know it's still enjoyable but i don't think you can give a lot of credit for like originality um just like with wildcats again like later on they would do things that would distinguish the property more from x-men and and experiment with it and do different things um but like in its initial incarnation here at least in the first issue like it feels like you know he's he's just riffing on his mo most his more recent um work at uh marvel so it's it's like you said it's like it's like a reskin <laughs> yeah but you know it's it's part of like image history right now like i said it went on to be different things and and so it it's cool that um they're keeping it in print and stuff yes for sure so i, I still found it would need to and i do i like the velocity i like her design a lot like the, I, the white skin I call the, the color scheme is cool yeah yeah, I, yeah. I wish that the lightning bolt more, over the eye more stories <laughs> 
Yeah, she had her own that series. Stood out to me. She yeah, had they're two... very short though. Yeah, yeah, they're like one two issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that that would that's definitely a good design. Um, Rip Claw's pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's very he, Wolverine, he look, but he's well. He looks he's... a lot like uh, what is that guy without the Andamantium mm, tendrils or whatever they're called? What is that guy Omega called? Omega Red. Yeah, Omega Red. He's at least got the colors of Omega Red. Yeah, and the he's like I guess he's like Lady Deathstrike in in terms of his claws instead of wolverine you know with the yeah. like long long fingers kind of long fingernail sort of things but if that was all that are you, I gonna, have are you gonna finish day. reading it or uh who knows maybe maybe not i don't know how about, I mean, how, it's like, how about the uh captain action yeah again like probably Probably not. I mean, I like my curiosity is kind of satisfied in both cases. You know, oh, okay. like I don't feel like I'm going to see anything too different. Um, you know, I thought they were interesting enough to like check out for to talk about today, and thought they'd be interesting to talk about. But um, it's like in both cases, there's not like this like great plot that I feel like I have to find out what happens or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a little bit of curiosity about. Um, the uh, characters that showed up right at the end of Cyberforce, because I don't really remember anything about them. Um, the other, uh, the other bad characters, but we'll see. I'm just... going to keep reading Captain America. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, uh, I did I just... read for a little while. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, for a little while there, uh, my memory wasn't fresh enough on them to talk about any of them today, so I read new stuff, but I was I was reading a little bit of um, my, like, 60s Marvel again, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually got past, so I actually reached the point where one of the, you know, it's had so many titles where they were continuing, because they were limited how pub- many titles they could publish, you know, you had Tales of Suspense, you had journey into mystery and all those different ones where they you know there were always one or two specific characters in them but they kept that going until they could expand and i did finally reach the point where one of them changed and i did reach thor journey into mystery becoming thor and i I passed through that point that was a milestone but it's funny I, i i um there's like a complete marvel reading order website you know that um i would I've always logged my reading on when I do that. Mm-hmm. And I discovered, I was poking around on there and I discovered um, that um, they like have an estimate, like based on the pace that you've read so far, like how long it would, <laughs> how long how it's going to take, take you? you. Yeah. To catch up with like current day, like, Oh my like God. The entire like history of my, and mine was, it was like, my estimate was like something like 400 years or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, Oh, I guess I better pick up the pace. I guess I better become a, I better become a vampire <laughs> <laughs> or pick up the pace. Yeah. <laughs> but that gave me a chuckle. That's awesome. 400 years. <laughs> yeah. Just 400 years. <laughs> I just have one more. It's just the machine number one. He he actually spawned out of barbed wire and got his own series. What and is it called? Machine. Machine. 
Okay. And uh, I remember not liking this artist, and now I do like it. So it's the times have changed. But this is John Arcudi again. Um, Stephen Grant was writing X, but uh, John Arcudi did he? No, that was a different one. John Arcudi, I think, did the mask. I think he did. Um, but Ted Nafe, or I think that's how you pronounce it, N-A-I-F-E-H. I remember finding his art very uh, rough. Um, I, I'm not familiar with this character, but boy, is he disturbing looking. Yeah, he's like Cyborg, but really looks like Frankenstein. Like, In other words... He doesn't look as cool as Cyborg because Cyborg's all shiny. This guy looks like if he he was a human and they put him together and didn't care about the skin or. <laughs> yeah, they, he definitely went to like you know like a, a street doctor, you know like yeah. one of those underground doctors. That's for sure. This this scene opens up with a bunch of helicopters, you know. You know, coming over a ground and they're looking for somebody and they they po- point the lights at machine and they're like, "What the hell is that? Is that a monster?" And we we don't got time for that. The other guy says, "We're looking. They're actually looking for somebody, that some criminal that they're chasing down." Well, that criminal actually runs into a, a machine and he's bleeding to death. So machine just this whole issue is about him trying to. He, he was putting together a car because he's able to tap into the computers and learn, you know, how to be an automotive mechanic. And he's building a a car when he runs into this guy and he just says, man, maybe I should have read all the manuals on being a doctor so I can help this guy. But uh, he decides to help him. And then that guy that I mentioned in the other uh, barbed wire series or no, uh, yeah, it was the barbed wire series. Uh, his name is, uh, Creep, but it's spelled like K-R-E-I-P. He's the guy with all those other cyborgs and the guy that created, uh, the machine. And he's trying to convince the military to go after the machine and, uh, bring him in, uh, unsuccessfully. So he looks like he's going to be on his own to try to bring in the machine. And, uh, then a whole, uh gang runs into him and then there's a, a firefight uh the machine gets shot up but it, none of these bullets i mean yeah they cause some blood to flow but they don't seem to stop the armor that's underneath the skin um so a car hits him and uh knocks him on the ground and uh at that point he takes the guy out of the car and uh Looks like he's going to to kill him, but then uh, those those gang members end up he he ended up capturing all of them and putting them on the roof of the building, and the helicopters then find all those gang members. Uh, the machine's on there though with the guy that he is trying to rescue, that he's trying to save his life. So it will be continued, but that was a a quick uh, machine uh, review. Um, I'm really liking all of these. I only have two more issues. I think this is only a four-issue series, and I only need to get three and four now. So, um, yeah, I'll probably finish this uh, Comics Greatest Worlds and uh, have another dead universe. Hopefully they'll 
the ghost comes back every now and then and exes come back but uh, they don't last very long no i think ghost was probably their most successful would you say uh, yeah ghost had the most uh minis and but she's she she's pretty visual i i actually think the x is the most uh is the most fun uh uh-huh. but uh ghost is definitely well she, she's had adam use draw her uh, you know a bunch of sexy artists draw her so she's got a, a a sexual appeal to her as one of the like bad girls um yeah. but she's probably the most successful of the line it's probably barbed wire ghost and x and then nobody else really had a run at it no very cool. I don't have anything else today. How about you, Chris? Nope, that's it for me. All right, we can wrap this one up. And uh, are you are you still feeling okay, Rob? I'm hanging in there. You're hanging in there. Yeah, I'm gonna take it easy today. Yeah. I'm gonna go to a graduation party, but I I, I think we're gonna skip it and we're just gonna um just going to sit back and kind of relax a little bit today. Got to do some laundry and do some stuff around the house, but nothing too, uh, too strenuous. Yeah. No, right. Exactly. All right. Well, you can uh, reach us at geekbrunchpodcast.com. Also on Facebook at geek brunch space podcast, click the like button and you can, uh, find us at Twitter at, uh, I was going to say Micah's to what, (laughs) I don't know why that, I don't know what, <laughs> at myth making etc at rob krieger and at mike myers brunch um micah never was on i don't think he was ever on uh retro but uh i don't know why i was gonna say at do what <laughs> i don't think he is do what anymore but i i somehow like uh, my brain lapsed and was gonna say that um <laughs> And we'll be back hopefully in two weeks, at least if two of us can get together. Um, we'll see how that goes uh, with yeah, summer right, and all. Right now, two weeks from now does not look good, but we'll we'll see what happens. We might be going to the Lewiston Wine Festival. Oh, mm-hmm. and the getting 20... drunk. I bet yeah. your kids are excited about that. Oh, no, we should leave them home. Yeah, that was the joke. Do you like <laughs> why I take it that you're a wine uh, lover or I, I don't know they, what, they, they... well what does that mean you don't sound too <laughs> I don't um, know you either yeah, like I, it I or like you going, don't I like going like in our area there's the whole um, there's a Niagara wine trail so you know there's a lot of wines that but on our side of the border and also on the Canadian side um, it's good for that climate is good for, for making making wine um, I like trying stuff out I'm trying to um, expand my palate a little bit because for the most part, like it's got to be like sweet. And then in that case, it's like, what, what am I basically drinking? It's just, it's just, you know, uh, uh, it's almost like drinking, not candy, but like, you know, alcoholic, non-carbonated drink or whatever, you yeah. know, it's like, I, I'm trying to, to try some other things. I like going and trying stuff, but, I wouldn't say we're huge wine people. It's just fun. That is a very small little festival out in their their park in this in this town up north. 
um, it's right near the Canadian border actually. And um, it's just in this park and they put up tents. You can. Would you, uh, uh, going back to Catholicism, (laughs) a reason I don't (laughs) like wine is because uh, during your, uh, you go get the bread of Christ and uh, you get a sip of wine to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't like that? I hated it. Uh, Oh. A matter of fact, if I could bypass the wine thing, I would. And but because of that, I never drank wine. Ever. Was it more the the wine itself, or the or the fact that you were like the thirty Share, second? Well, sharing sharing spit with everybody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had all this backwash. Well, they had that cloth. Did you do you remember the cloth? Oh yeah, that's that, great. That that was a, a blessed cloth. Yeah. And it used to wipe yeah, all the germs away. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into things here, but if you're going to believe that that's the body and blood of Christ, I guess it's not too much to believe that you're not going to get sick from, from you know, 33 people drinking it out of you. Well, yeah, you won't. That's right? why I'm saying it's that, that magic blessed cloth. Exactly. It clears, cleans it all. <laughs> yeah, even back even back then, I skipped the, I skipped the wine. When I was I, very young. Well, I, 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 I like, did. I was told to do it because that was the blood of Christ. You had yeah. to do yeah, it. So, yeah. so it was like I did it, and then once I realized, like, growing up, I saw, pe- I, I saw people skipping it, and yeah. I was like, can I skip it? And, yeah, <laughs> the, you know, everybody said you can skip it. So I started skipping it because, to me, it tasted like shit. I really didn't <laughs> like it. Maybe you should have been in consultation with the priest in terms of what type of wine they were buying. I had bad experiences with uh, Catholicism, like just in general. Oh. I had a, a brother. Uh, the brother was trying to take me, take me out on dates, like, and I, I was telling my mom, "Don't let this happen," and she didn't let it happen. Thank God. How old were you? you were just well, I, a third, third grade. You know, around the time you get communion yeah well what what year is that that you can get communion i don't remember are you like (laughs) are you like seven or eight yeah probably something around that about eight years old i guess like eight yeah Yeah. i'm guessing though yeah yeah so i i don't know i have just well that's creepy as hell well, it was creepy. The the brother was creepy. I'm I'm surprised. Well, I don't. I never looked him up again to find out if he went to jail. But but thank God that you had even at that age that presence of mind to to, to realize something was off and to say something and the fact that your parents listened to you. Oh yeah, they yeah. listened to me. Because that was the problem. They, well, they said that, that they that, they yeah, knew something. They they knew something yeah. was weird because you'd get grades and like your communion school or whatever it was called um and i would always do good because i like memorize all the prayers i'd memorize what i needed to remember and he would always say oh i'm gonna take you out to eat and i'll go ask your parents and i'm like no don't i i I told my mom like something's off with this dude like i don't want to go with this guy (laughs) but think about how old you were that (laughs) yeah well i knew 90 percent of the time it doesn't work out the way that that happened to you it works out badly oh yeah well i knew well i knew i knew as a kid that some i don't know you could just like sense something was weird like it mm-hmm. and i just uh avoided it at all costs wow i give your parents a lot of props 
that is that yeah. is awesome. Oh they, yeah, because they trust that if if you're totally engrossed in the system, they trust the system. They don't. They're course, not going to listen yeah. to their kid go. No. I was like, I feel uncomfortable with this. I don't want to go. Don't make me go. And they're like, okay, you don't have to. Especially back then. I mean, like nowadays, <laughs> it's like, and you hear about it every other day, but not not back then. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to, to to hear that even I didn't have any bad bad experiences. I just didn't. It just wasn't for me. I I even because of that I even got out of being an altar boy because I was on target to be an altar boy. Hmm? You know. Uh, you didn't need to hang around there any longer than. No. <laughs> you were. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What a note to end that on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> interesting stuff yeah all right well you guys take care and hopefully uh we'll reconvene at some point yeah i'm good all right all right take care you guys bye yep bye